The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
we are watching as an evil and twisted game is played out in America by our government, by the leaders of the central bank and the Federal Reserve. We are watching something that is ugly. And there will be soon a biblical meltdown of our stock market. We are headed into a very difficult time financially in America where people will go hungry. You need to prepare for that. You need to be hidden away. You need to have some extra beans on your shelf and some other foods to be prepared for what's coming. But I want to tell you, even though we watch as wicked men and women do concerts where innocent, if so-called, are offered as sacrifices to the devil, as we just watched. We see murder and kidnapping, corruption on every side. This is not the real battle. This is not the real battle. The real battle is for your soul. The devil does not intend to let you enter heaven. And he is marshalling every power he has to capture your heart. And he has many who are helping him. The entertainment of the world, social media, all media, mainstream. He has men and women that he will surround you with, that will scorn you if you don't plunge into the dissipation with them. He has pastors and teachers who are prophesying lies, who are teaching you a false gospel. Satan is marshalling as has never happened in the history of the world, a game of destruction for every Christian. Now, Peter, the Apostle Peter, living now during the time of Nero, that utterly insane man, who is the Caesar of Rome, who, as rumor has it, burned Rome down because he wanted to rebuild it in his own image. But he has to have a victim, and so he blames the Christians. And persecution, fierce persecution, breaks out in the entire then-known world ruled by Rome. Peter is soon to be crucified. He knows that his time is very short. We're talking about sometime 63 to 64 AD. By AD 68, Nero is dead. 
Now, we come to First Peter because he is going to speak very bluntly to us about the war for our souls. Now, if you read carefully and set aside all of your prejudice, set aside what many have taught, and simply take the words of Peter for what they mean, not what you've been given the interpretation of, but simply the straight meaning of the word that Peter speaks, you will be shocked. You will be confronted. And if the Christian church, now in total apostasy and across this great United States, if the Christian church will begin to simply read First Peter and Second Peter, and listen to the word that Peter speaks, you will see that he is warning how to win the war for your soul. And he is being very clear in telling you what the outcome will be depending upon your choices. Please understand that Peter does not teach that you need to say a sinner's prayer Say a few words of repentance, and then you're good to go. Peter does not believe that, and he does not teach that, contrary to the modern America church. So what does he say? Well, in First Peter, verse 13, the first chapter, verse 13, he says, prepare your minds for action. What action? the action to win the war for your soul. And I intentionally am using the word war instead of battle. The battle does belong to the Lord, but the battle is usually one incident. But we are not in a battle. We are in a war where there will be multiplied battles that must be fought and won if we are going to go into the kingdom of God and dwell there. There is a kingdom of darkness and there is a kingdom of light. There is a kingdom of the devil and there is a kingdom of Jesus. We must walk in the kingdom of Jesus Christ if we are going to win the war for our soul. And it will require of you every ounce of energy you have Many of you are expending your energy on thinking you need to make more money, thinking you need to buy the luxuries of this life. You think that you somehow need to be responsible at the cost of your soul. Jesus said, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? What will it profit you if you can provide a wonderful lifestyle for your children and your family, but you all go to hell? What have you won? You engaged in the wrong battle. The battle is not for finances. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. It's not a battle for this world's success or fame. It is 
a full frontal attack by the devil against you. And I plead with you, if you have been deceived and you took the first one or two shots for the so-called COVID, I pray you will not take one more because the third may mean your death. It is a death shot. You've got to be very wise. I trust in the Lord Jesus. Pray carefully. Every person must choose. They can't force you. The devil cannot force you. You are free in Jesus Christ if you are hidden in him. Don't play games in order to go somewhere or do something. The battle is the Lord's. And it is a battle in the war for your soul. And it is going to become very intense and very bitter as you must make choices. And those choices may cost you everything in this world. But you will win your soul and walk in Jesus. Now listen to what Peter says. Prepare your minds for action. And what's the first item of action he wants you to take? Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, not as imputed grace children, as obedient children. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. You no longer live in ignorance. If you listen to this broadcast, you have been taught the real gospel of Jesus Christ, that you must be born from above, which is a supernatural work of grace. You must be transformed and enter into the joy of Jesus Christ and live the abundant life that only he can offer. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. In other words, we are to be like Jesus. Now let me continue. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially. Now, it's not speaking here about judging each, each man's work impartially to determine what rewards they should receive in heaven. No, it's talking about he's going to judge each man's work impartially to see if you are a candidate for eternal life. We are all on probation. We are being saved. We are in the process of being saved. None of us are saved because we are still in this world. I'll say I'm saved when Jesus comes in glory and causes me to fly away with him. I'll know then I'm saved. 
my brother, my sister. Don't play games with God. This is serious. For you know that it was with, not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. The life that is handed down to us by our forefathers, the culture, the rituals that are not of Jesus. Peter is saying those are empty. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, my salvation is based on what Jesus Christ did at the cross and what I have been willing to allow as I submit to him as he is transforming me into the likeness of Jesus and I am winning the war for my soul by hiding myself in the kingdom of heaven in Jesus Christ. He has He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, how are you made pure? By the blood of Jesus. How does the blood of Jesus work? It gives us the ability to obey Jesus. This is the great disconnect in the apostate church of our day. The belief that you do not receive in the blood of Jesus the power to stop sinning. Listen, if Jesus' blood is so weak, that it cannot give me victory over pornography, over drugs, over fornication, over bitterness, over anger. If there's anything the blood of Jesus cannot give me victory over, then that blood is not worth even looking to. I'm telling you today, the blood of Jesus Christ will give you total victory. Now I want you to notice something. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart, what do all of us really want, bottom line? We want to be truly loved. And it is only in Jesus Christ and the glorious work of the Spirit that we can enter truly into that love of Jesus Christ and say finally, the dark hole of my heart has been utterly filled with the love and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ 
and I no longer submit to the devil. I no longer give in to his ways. I walk in victory and in power. Baptized, cleansed, made whole. That to me is good news. It says, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all of their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. The rock I stand on today is Jesus Christ. Now, I have a number of things in my life that I'm looking forward to the future for. The Lord has made me many precious promises. All of those promises have not been fulfilled. And sometimes, well, let me share this with you. I don't think he'll mind. A dear brother sent me this text this morning. I don't know why Jesus doesn't talk to me. So there must be some kind of rebellion in me. If I am his sheep, then I should hear his voice. I'm going to keep on doing the daily YouTube videos, but I'm fighting against despair. I wrote back, Hebrews 12 is clear that Jesus will discipline us as is needed to bring forth a great harvest of righteousness in our lives. Despair is the same as unbelief. How often has despair risen up in my own heart? But I've had to turn from its comforting lies and stand by faith for the full deliverance a deliverance that has at times come quickly, but in other areas, I'm now waiting my whole life. He is God. I will trust him to prepare me for eternity. Do you understand? Do you understand? God has made me promises in the scriptures that I am standing on. He has spoken to me personal promises, even going back to when I was nine and ten years old for revival in America. He showed me in vision the fullness of the, and the glory of revival in America. I'm now 76 years old. And that promise has not been fulfilled to me. And there are times when I want to despair and say, I don't understand. I'm just not doing what I should be doing. But I am. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm walking clean. I have no known wickedness in my heart. I have no bitterness. I have no grudges. I've forgiven everyone. 
but I've not seen revival yet. If I go into despair over this promise and many others that have not been kept, not yet, I'm walking in unbelief. I'm walking in sin. Despair is sin. Jesus Christ, as he prayed in the garden, prayed, and I've I've lain on that rock in Jerusalem where they believe in that garden of Gethsemane. Jesus wept. And I too lay on that rock and wept. But he said, thy will, not my will be done. You see, when you come to a place where you don't see anything happening, you don't feel very close to God, you're disappointed. That's the time to win the war for your soul and press in even more closely to Jesus and cry out to him. And say, Lord Jesus, I trust you. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, thy will be done. I'm just hearing that today some of you who are listening to this broadcast could easily give in to despair. And I'm telling you, it's a dead end. It's a, a rabbit hole. Don't go down the rabbit hole of despair. Stand by faith. Submit your heart to Jesus and trust him and he will do for you what he has promised. I will see revival. I come preaching on this broadcast to stir up the embers of revival in your heart and cause you to become earnest and zealous for Jesus to leave your sin, to cry aloud to him. Chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, because of this word that is being preached to you from, from Peter, he's now saying, okay, you've heard this word. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. It's time to get rid of those old habits some of those things that you've been hanging on to, it's time to get rid of them. It's time to dump them. Stop giving in to despair and discouragement and then walking into your sin. Last night as I was tired, I'd had a full day of of ministry with people. I was emotionally tired. I was physically exhausted. I didn't feel good. My throat was sore. I had to make a choice. Would I dump down the rabbit hole of 
discouragement and despair and say, poor me. Or would I rise up with praise to Jesus and worship him? I'll tell you what I did. I came into my prayer closet. I sat in my prayer chair. I began to praise his holy name and to worship him. I didn't sleep well last night. But every time I awoke, I just began to praise Jesus. I woke up this morning, still have a bit of a sore throat. But I'm praising Jesus. I'm worshiping him. I'm knowing that the devil doesn't want this word to go out. And if he could convince me that I should take a day off, he would win. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand. The war is on. And the battle belongs to the Lord. As you come to him, the living stone. Remember the living stone was where the water flowed in the wilderness. You may feel like you're in the wilderness. Ask the rock and he will give you to drink and to eat. You also, like living stones, are being built into spiritual houses to be holy, a holy priesthood, and offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. You are to be a stone built on the cornerstone. No cornerstone sits by itself. Other stones are placed on top of it. Jesus is intending to build with you a holy temple of worship under the God of heaven. Now to you who believe this stone is precious. This stone is precious to me. This stone is is where I eat and drink and receive my life's energy. I was praying yesterday and I was saying, Lord, I'm, I'm really tired. Would you begin to strengthen me? Would you come by the Holy Spirit? Because your word says that by your Holy Spirit, our physical bodies will be strengthened and made alive. And immediately I felt that surge of Holy Spirit power flowing into my body. Now he's still coming and total healing is coming. But to those people who do not believe as I do in holiness and righteousness, that stone will not be the capstone, the cornerstone. Instead, Religion will be your cornerstone. Your video games will be your cornerstone. Your pornography, your fornication, your 
your bitterness, your anger, whatever it is, will be your cornerstone. Then he tells us this terrifying word, that this stone, Jesus, will cause men to stumble. A stone of stumbling. A rock of offense. A rock that makes men fall. Now, I want you to notice something. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is what they were destined for. In other words, these people who refuse Jesus, they're going to have that rock fall on them. And they'll be ground to pieces. They're going to have that rock fall on them. And they're going to stumble. Not out of ignorance. I want you to catch that. They are not going to fall because they don't know. They're going to fall because they have resisted the Holy Spirit. If you fail to win the battle for eternity, it's because you chose other people and other things. You chose other ways to spend your time. One elderly woman that I know only talks about her desire to have a puppy. For her, the puppy means everything. It is the comforter of her heart. She claims to be a Christian, but she's really not interested in Jesus. She has religion, not Jesus. And she wants a puppy instead of Jesus. Now, some of you don't want a puppy instead of Jesus. You want a new car instead of Jesus. You want that lifestyle instead of Jesus. You want that recognition. You want your ambition fulfilled instead of Jesus. You're going to stumble if that's true for you. You're going to stumble and this rock is going to be a snare for you. And you're going to be destroyed. To me, this is very sobering. Most people I know who call themselves Christians are much more interested in the things of this world than they are in Jesus. One man that I've become acquainted with, when I look at him, I see such darkness. It grieves my heart. I've been praying, Lord, how do I speak to this man? Because he's very glib with his words. He's very quick with his words. But it's obvious in what he speaks that he is a very ambitious man. That he is an entrepreneur. He is 
full of himself and his plans and his goals. How do I speak to this man when he spends his time and his energy and his money pursuing lifestyle while calling himself a Christian and making the assumption that his sins are forgiven, covered by the blood of Jesus, because Jesus was supposed to have done it all at the cross, which is a lie. He did not do it all at the cross. He is right now in the heavenly sanctuary, ministering his blood to those who will receive him. But he makes the assumption that he's saved and on his way to heaven and everything's cool. But he loves the world, the flesh, and the devil. How is it for you? What is the love of your life? Is it a puppy? Is it a person? Is it a lifestyle? Is it a job? Is it a a car or a vacation? Paul writes, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. If you are a Christian, you are a part of the priesthood of God, and your primary responsibility is to minister the kingdom of God to the lost. He says you are a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. The war is an internal war in your old sinful nature if that has not been destroyed yet. Read Romans 6. It is to be destroyed by crucifixion. You are to die to this world and to the lust of the flesh, to the pride of life. To the love of this world, you are to die to that. It is a radical change. You will no longer walk around in the world talking about the things of the flesh, the things of the world with ambition. You will walk as a servant of Jesus Christ and you will walk in joy and peace and you will love people. You'll love your wife. And you'll love your husband. You will fill fill your heart with love for those people you work with. Everywhere you go, you will be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And you will be calling men and women to come and serve Jesus with you. You are to be an alien and a stranger in the world to abstain from sinful desires, that is the war. The desires will come at you. And you must say no. And many of those things that will come at you are are wonderful things. 
Many of those things who will come to you will be from the tree of the knowledge of good, not just the tree of evil. But because you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ, because you are an alien and stranger, you are going to abstain. You are going to say no to those things because those things will war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I don't want you to stumble. And you will not stumble because of ignorance, because you have heard the straight word of God from Peter. It's not, this is not my word. This is not Ray Greenlee's theology. I have simply given you Read the first and second chapters of First Peter. I've just given you the straight scoop from this man who loves you, even though he doesn't know you. He wrote for you. He wrote down his last will and testament before he's martyred, before he dies. He cares for you. Will you awaken to the war that is being fought in you? Some of you have already rolled over and you have given the victory to the enemy. And now you call yourself a Christian and you walk through the world tasting all of the delicacies of the devil. Walking in fear and despair and depression or walking in boldness and ambition. My brother, my sister. I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. I tell you, the battle belongs to the Lord and we win the battles by submitting to Jesus and giving up our ambition, giving up our our goals, our bucket list. I stand by faith on the promises that God has given me. I will wait patiently upon him. Do you know it's a great honor to wait upon the Lord? It's a great honor. And I wait today upon the Lord. I wait for his promises to be fulfilled. But I wait in peace and love and joy. I'm having a wonderful time. I'm having a wonderful time serving Jesus and serving other people, even though I get exhausted but he brings me strength and rest. I want you to walk with Jesus. I want you to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want you to have peace. 
That peace only comes as you ground your swords of rebellion and you submit to what Jesus wants for you. Now, we're almost out of time. I want to pray for you, but before I do, Carl is asking if I would give an address for correspondence. Yes, our address is the National Prayer Chapel. National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346. Post Office Box 2346. 2346. Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346. Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. I'd love to hear from you. You can also go to our webpage, National Prayer Chapel. Dot com, And there you'll find our address, our phone number. NationalPrayerChapel.com Now let's pray. The war is on, Lord Jesus, and, and you warned us that the war would be intense and vicious. And Lord, we see the war being fought in the wickedness of our president and our Congress and our judicial branch. We see the murder of babies. We see every kind of wickedness on the television, on the YouTube, on the cell phones, in the social media. We see utter wickedness, but oh God, I know the real battle is not there. I know the real battle is in our soul, for our soul. I see that the real battle is being fought in our hearts. And whether or not we will submit and give up what we in our wickedness, desire, or even what we think is right, will we give it to you and wait upon you for clear direction? Lord, I know the battle has to be won. And I pray now, almighty God, for those precious ones listening to this broadcast who have been caught in sin, Would you give them the courage to quickly repent and return to you? For you said you would be an intercessor with the Father and you would purify from all unrighteousness. I'm asking, Lord, would you lift up those who have surrendered to despair and fear and anger? Would you give them great courage? Lord, I pray for those who are living with somebody they're not married to, living in sin. Lord, I pray for those who are walking in rebellion against you that they would turn quickly now 
that they would not stumble and fall because they've heard the message they know. And Lord, then I want to pray for those precious Christians who are enduring the fire of the devil in their finances, in their relationships, in their health. Lord, would you come with mighty power? Would you hear the cry of those who are devoted to you? Would you move with power to give them the victory? To come with healing in your wings, to come and restore broken relationships, to come and put on the hearts of your people a song of praise and joy and worship, for you are the Almighty God of heaven. And Lord, I pray for those who are today caught in COVID. I pray for my precious brother who is fighting for his life. I pray for his full healing. And I pray for the many others who are fighting to live. Lord, would you rescue your people? Would your will be done? For I know sickness comes from the devil's hand, not from your hand. Lord, I pray for your people, that you would strengthen your people for the war that is intense and full of fire and for some pain and anguish. For some, uncertainty. But Lord, I know we have the victory in you. And so Lord, I come today declaring the victory and binding the power of darkness that would come against your people. I bind this wicked abortion that is murdering the babies of this nation. Lord, I come and bind the wickedness of our government and ask that our president would be removed from office or converted. I pray for our executive branch. I pray for our legislative branch that those in power who are wicked would be replaced, that their place would be given to another who will obey and follow. Lord, I pray especially for the pastors of America that you will give them a full understanding of the gospel and that you will convict them of their wickedness and that you will cause them to have a backbone to stand up and preach the honest word of God, righteousness and holiness and being filled by the Holy Spirit. Lord, have your way. I worship you today. I praise your mighty name today. You are the almighty. You are the glorious one of Israel. You are Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. I praise you and I worship you. Glory be to you, Jesus, for you give us the victory because the battle belongs to you. And by your blood, by your blood, by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, 
No enemy can stand against us. And no demonic power can pull us out of your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Let your peace rest on every person who is listening. Cause them to begin to laugh with joy and peace as they submit to you and recognize the victory belongs to you, Jesus, and it is theirs now. In the name of Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you listened today. Would you, if you're on YouTube, would you subscribe to our channel? That will help Google spread it even further. My brother, my sister, Jesus is everything. And I pray today that you will know his blessed presence. I love you. We'll continue our study, the book of 1 Peter, tomorrow, by God's grace. God bless you. I wish I could meet each one of you. I'll talk to you soon. Glory.